Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Renew Your Mind podcast. I'm your host, Kieran Lenahan. I am back from having COVID, back from having some time off. Um, and actually, the past couple of days have been quite, uh, quite something. Over the weekend, my grandmother from the Philippines arrived in the United States. She's staying with my parents, and I had the chance to see her for the first time in over 23 years uh, and just got the chance to talk to her, and she'll be here for a couple months. So I'm really looking forward to just getting to know her more, getting to know her story, uh, and through that, getting to know a little bit more of my story and my background and just kind of where my family comes from. On another note, we got some really exciting news today, the day that I'm recording this, that we have a final adoption date for our foster son. Uh, for those of you who don't know, we've had a foster son for basically his entire life. Uh, he's about two and a half, a little bit over two and a half. And it has been a long time coming. We have been waiting uh, for this day for a long time. We've known that it was going to come. But as with foster care, if you're familiar with it at all, there's always a chance that anything could happen. And so uh, we got that news today. It honestly made it pretty difficult to focus on work and creating this podcast um, because it is just, it's something we've been waiting and waiting and we've been told you'll have it by this date. You'll have it by this date. You'll, you'll adopt him by this point. And it just kept getting pushed back months and months and months. And so um, it's been a, a long journey. We're excited for that to finally happen. I'm planning on doing just an episode with my wife and I to just talk a little bit about foster care here on the podcast. Um, it is a, a topic that's really close to our hearts that obviously we've had a uh, very personal experiences with and would love to answer people's questions about. It. I know just a lot of people are curious whether or not that's something that they're interested in. It's just, we'd love that to just take the opportunity to share some of our experience uh, as well as the experiences of others in our life, uh, friends and family members who've also been part of the foster care system. Uh, it's just a, something we're really passionate about. We would love to just share our experience and answer questions that you all might have about it. So be on the lookout for that. I'll probably be doing some polls and things like that on Instagram to just gather some questions that you have. Um, so if you're not connected with me there, definitely uh, connect at Kieran Lanahan Coaching on Instagram and just be on the lookout in my Instagram stories is probably where I'll do some interactive stuff. So with that, two really exciting things that have been happening. Um, for those of you who are new to the podcast, just a, a quick introduction to me. I'm a business and mindset coach for faith-driven entrepreneurs. Uh, that's who this podcast is primarily for. So it's for people who want to grow their business while also spending more time with their family and keeping their apprenticeship, their discipleship to Jesus at the center of their lives. So I work with entrepreneurs in two ways. In July, I'm actually going to be launching a mastermind where you, along with 11 other faith-driven entrepreneurs, will meet with me weekly for six months to be coached by me and to learn everything that you need to know to bring in clients and generate consistent revenue so you can get from wherever you are to the point where you're actually paying your bills and supporting your family through the income in your business. So that will be a group offer. It's, it's going to be called The Mastermind. I'll be sharing a lot more about that soon. But that is one way that I work with people. And then for entrepreneurs who are more established, people who've already reached that point in their business and they're looking to scale beyond six, multiple six, seven figures, 
I work one-on-one with entrepreneurs via weekly coaching for six-month chunks of time. And in that one-on-one work, we're working on things like continuing to grow revenue, scaling impact while also simplifying their business, working fewer hours, and improving what I call the emotional experience of running your business. And so that's just super quick introduction, quick information on the ways that I work with people in addition to just serving you all through this podcast. Um, But with that, let's transition into the topic for today. Today, I want to talk about something that's relevant for you no matter where you are on your entrepreneurial journey. Whether you just started your business, you are consistently bringing in clients, or you're established and looking to scale. And this topic is a principle that you see play out in pretty much every area of life. It's around this idea of control. We human beings have a a longing to be able to control things, uh, whether it's people, results, outcomes, the, th- the results of our businesses. We want to control things. It's just kind of this tendency, this inclination. We, we wish we actually had more control than we actually have. But here's the principle that we're going to dig into today. You can't actually control outcomes, but you do have control over the things that influence outcomes. I'll say that again. You can't control outcomes, but you do have control over things that influence outcomes. Said another way, you can't control results, but you can influence them. And one last maybe fun way to think about it, the things that you can control will influence the outcomes that you can't control. So if you think back to the framework uh, called the model that we talked about all the way back in episodes one and two, and we kind of always refer back to them, whether explicitly or just implicitly. And the model basically is this, right? We have, there's some external circumstance that is just a fact. It's neutral. We have a thought and we have a perception about that circumstance. We interpret it through our particular lens And based on the way that we interpret it, the thought that we have, that generates a feeling, right? And from that feeling and from the thought that we have, that's where our actions come from. And then our actions then influence the results that we experience. So it starts with a circumstance that is completely outside of your control. And then there's the three middle kind of parts of the model, your thought, your feelings, your actions. Those are all in your control. And then the end result, again, is outside of your control. And what I've noticed is that the most effective people in any field, in any industry, endeavor, in any sport, they focus ruthlessly on those middle three things, their thoughts, their feelings, and their actions, the things that are in their control, and they spend very little time worrying about trying to control the circumstances that they find themselves in, or the end results themselves. They're certainly focused on end results, but they're not spending a lot of time worrying about it. They're really focused on the thoughts and feelings and actions that they can take to influence those results. Trying to control things that you can't actually control, that's just us trying to be God. But the thing is, if you haven't noticed, We are not God. 
So that doesn't tend to work out very well. Trying to control the things that you can't control, not only is it foolishness, not only is it sometimes arrogance, it can also just be really stressful, right? Like it does not work to try to control things that we actually don't have control over. And so understanding what we're talking about today is really a matter of having an accurate view of reality, an accurate view of what is in our control and what isn't. It's a matter of understanding what is our role as a human being in our businesses and what is God's role in our businesses. It's not all God and it's not all us. It's this idea of co-laboring, we'll talk about in a second, co-creation. Entrepreneurship, just like following Jesus, is a participatory thing. It, it takes two to tango. So today, let's understand what it is that we're called to and what it is that we're not called to. So here's the roadmap for us today. First, I just want to very briefly talk about why this principle matters to your business from a very high level. Then I want to show you in scripture and then some examples from outside of scripture of a few different ways that we actually see this principle play out in real life. Then I want to just walk through a couple of specific examples of how it can show up and affect your business. Things like the bottom line, your revenue, uh, the quality or the emotional experience, like when you're working. So we'll get into some examples and then we're going to wrap up with what to do when you catch yourself trying to control things, worrying about things that you can't actually control. What do you actually do? What's a simple process you can use to snap out of that? So first, Why does this matter to your business, aka why should you care and keep listening from a business perspective? And I'll be super brief on this because we'll spend time going in depth on it. But if you're listening to this, my guess is that three outcomes that you care about are your revenue, the quantity of hours that you work, and also the quality of those hours that you spend working. Or again, this idea of the emotional experience of running your business. Now, if you actually do care about those outcomes, it's important. This conversation, this topic is important because your ability to spend more time focusing on the things that you can control and less time trying to control the things that you can't, it will directly affect those outcomes. So that's why this is important to your business and why you should care about this. Before going to scripture, actually, just as I was speaking, I was reminded of the serenity prayer, if you're familiar with it, which is just a short little prayer that I think is just is full of wisdom and is very much related to this topic. And the prayer goes like this, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. This is a prayer that's used a lot in 12-step recovery programs from addiction uh, but it's just a, it's just this beautiful, simple, concise prayer that packs so much wisdom. So let's jump into scripture. I want to share two passages, one from Paul and one from Jesus that I'll get to in a little bit. The first one from Paul comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 through 9. And Paul wrote this to the church in Corinth. He said, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, 
and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service. Paul, and there, there's a couple things going on here, but Paul is using a farming metaphor, speaking to this idea that he and Apollos have done things. They've taken actions, they've planted seeds, and they've watered it. But ultimately, God is the one who makes things grow. And in this particular context written to the church in Corinth, they're talking, uh, Paul's talking about people's disputes over which person they follow, Paul or Apollos, or which person has had more of an impact or more influence on the church. But at the end of the day, Paul is saying, look, we both serve the same purpose. We're both, we're building a foundation. This isn't about who needs to get credit for anything. This isn't about who should have a bigger following. This is about us taking actions in faith and God being the one responsible for bringing about the fruit, for bringing about the results. And so Paul is saying, again, he and Apollos have done things. They've taken actions, but God is the one who makes things grow. And then he closes this passage and he uses the language of being co-workers, co-laborers, partners in God's work and what he's doing in the world. Paul is saying that you, you can control, you can contribute some things towards the end in the direction of a crop growing in a farming metaphor. In other words, you can influence the growth of a crop. God has given you that power. If you don't plant the seed or don't water it, it probably won't grow. But at the same time, just because you plant the seed and water it doesn't automatically mean that it will grow. You can stare at a plant all day long if you want, but you can't make it grow through just mind control and looking at it and willing it to happen. God is the one who makes it grow. And so there's this co-creation. There is this combination of us plus God, because he's invited us into this. He's invited us into the work that he's doing to be his representatives, his ambassadors, his partners. We have both an invitation to participate and a responsibility to steward and to participate and to actively engage. And so where else do we see this principle play out? A couple of different places. Again, literally farming is a great example. But then we also see it play out in marriage and relationships and lifting weights. And then we'll get into how we see it play out in business. So farming, again, it's this idea of the, the farmer can create an environment that is conducive to crops growing, but the farmer himself cannot make the crops grow. It's just outside of his control. He can't guarantee that it's going to happen. But there are things that he can do to influence the environment, the soil, um, the crops that he grows, the seeds that he plants, how much he waters it. He's got control and influence over some things, but he cannot make the seed open up and grow out of the soil into food and something that can actually nourish people. So we also see this play out in marriage and relationships. And as I was thinking about this, it was actually pretty funny. Uh, have you ever tried to willpower your way? to being more loving. I caught myself doing this earlier this year. Uh, this year I'm making intentional efforts to be a better husband and to love my wife better. We have different love languages and so it's just the classic example of 
how I just don't naturally default to doing things in a way that communicates love to her the way that she likes to receive it. And I realized that for a while, I was essentially just trying harder to be a better husband. Like I was trying to just display the fruit of the spirit in my marriage simply by reminding myself and desiring to be more loving. But as I've come to learn through experience, that is not how the fruit of the spirit works. You don't just become a person of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and generosity by trying to jump straight to the result or straight to the outcome of being a loving, joyful, peaceful person. It's called the fruit of the spirit for a reason. It's not called the fruit of your human effort. We are called by Jesus to abide, not to actually produce the fruit. That's not his job. That's the spirit's job. And so the other passage that I wanted to pull into this discussion is from the gospel of John chapter 15, verse four, where Jesus says, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Using a similar metaphor of fruit growing in our spiritual lives, we see Jesus speaking to this same principle. He's saying that if we want the fruit of the Spirit to grow in us, we must abide in him. Can I control the fruit of the Spirit? That's what I was trying to do. It did not work. No, I can't control the fruit of the Spirit developing and being cultivated in me. But can we control whether or not we abide in the vine? Can we control whether or not we spend time with God? Yes. And so if you want to be more loving, if you want to display the fruit of the Spirit and have that be cultivated in your heart, the way to do that is to focus on abiding, not on being more loving, more joyful, more peaceful. And so we'll get into this a little bit more, but the same idea. If you want to bring in a new client, the way to do that isn't to hold your breath and try to use mind control to get somebody to book a call with you and then hire you. It's to provide value in your marketing and to make a clear offer for people to work with you. So we'll get into that. Last kind of metaphor, last place we see this playing out in life other than business, lifting weights, right? If you want to bench press 200 pounds for the first time when you're not strong enough physically to do that, meaning it's not in your power to lift 200 pounds, you can't just try really hard to bench press 200 pounds every day and successfully jump straight to the outcome. You're going to get hurt if you try to do that. So what do you do? You focus on what actually is in your power, which maybe to start out, it's to lift 150 pounds. And then next week, as your power and what's in your control increases, maybe it's 160 and so on and so forth. And so in order to influence an outcome that is not in your power, something that is not ultimately in your control, you focus on what is in your power. And that actually can lead to the end outcome that you want. And it's the same way in your business, trying to willpower your way to a certain result, a certain revenue goal or number of clients, it most likely won't work. But even if it does somehow, it's not going to be sustainable. Because fundamentally, you haven't changed. 
your underlying identity and thoughts and heart posture and feelings have not changed. It's like a tree with roots that just aren't deep or strong. As soon as that first strong wind blows, the tree is going to topple over, right? It's the same idea with me trying to be a more loving husband. Even if I was more loving for a couple of days, which is what happened, right? Like I was focused, I was intentional. I was like, I'm going to be more loving. It would work for a couple of days, but I didn't have the fruit of the spirit actually being cultivated in my heart. And so as soon as I got distracted by other things, lo and behold, I stopped being as loving, right? And so it's this idea, it's not sustainable until there is true, deep change that happens. And with your business, and this is kind of the whole premise of this podcast, this idea of renewing your mind and why this is something that is worth focusing on is that in business, you could just replicate and do all of the actions, take all of the actions that you see other people taking and hope to replicate the results that they have. But it doesn't just work like that because there are underlying things. There are things at the root and at the core that are under the surface that need to happen. The person that you need to become, the way that you need to show up in the world, the beliefs that you need to have, those are the underlying things that are actually influencing those results that you see even more so than just the surface level actions. And so it's the same idea here as we talk about what you can control versus what you can't control. When you focus on the underlying things, the things that you can control, those are the things that can start the domino effect to create the results that you want. So let's get into some examples of how this principle can play out in your business and affect things like your revenue and your emotional experience of running your business. So let's start off with how this could affect your revenue. And the first thing that comes to mind for me is the way that people interact with goals. So let's say you have a goal this month of reaching your first $10,000 revenue month where you bring in a certain number of clients. And that's the goal. But when you get hyper-focused on the goal itself, right, the outcome, that's the finish line of the race. It's the thing that you ultimately can't control because it's actually in God's control. What can happen is that each day that passes by, your brain can start to get really worried about not seeing progress towards that outcome. Like it's looking down at the soil and it's not seeing anything come out of the ground and it's starting to freak out and worry that the outcome isn't going to happen. And that's not necessarily the biggest problem. The biggest problem is what that then triggers and causes, which is the spiraling effect that then leads you to not take any of the actions that are required to actually make that crop grow, to actually make progress towards that goal, right? So that would be like looking at the ground saying nothing's growing out of it. And then instead of planting seeds or watering it or taking care of the soil, you're just standing there worried about, oh my goodness, I'm not seeing anything happen. Like, what do I do? This is terrible. I'm never going to grow this plant, right? It's the same thing with setting a goal. That would be like setting the goal, having a couple days pass by and you don't see progress towards it in the outcome and the thing that's outside of your control. And then that leads you to not do the things in your control, like marketing, like showing up and serving your audience, like providing value, and showing and articulating the, the transformation that you can help people get, right? Those are the seeds. Those are the things that you have the power to plant. Those are the things that you can water. If 
looking at the goal and looking at the outcome and worrying about trying to control that is preventing you from doing the things in your control, that's when it becomes a problem. So that's an example of worrying about an outcome that's outside of your control and having that affect your ability to do the things and take the actions that would actually influence that outcome. Another example, it's maybe a slightly different kind of example, would just be worrying about something that in general is just outside of your control and then letting that kind of dictate, again, your your train of thought and then with it, the actions that you take. So for example, let's say, again, you want to bring in a new client before the end of the month. That's your goal. That's the outcome that you're after. But instead of kind of taking action towards that, you're actually spending time thinking about and worrying about things that you can't control, like the Instagram algorithm and how many people Instagram chooses to show your marketing posts to. Now, this isn't in your control. You can't wave a a magic wand and dictate what the Instagram algorithm does. But let's walk through what happens when you choose to spend your mental effort and focus thinking about the algorithm. Right. So again, you can substitute Instagram for whatever platform you use if you use a platform. Um, but just we'll go with Instagram for the purposes of this example. So when you're thinking about how the Instagram algorithm isn't showing your content to everyone in your audience, and then you start to feel frustrated and annoyed with Instagram. And when you feel frustrated and annoyed with Instagram and you have 30 minutes between client work or client calls to create marketing content, You're either going to choose to do something else, as in not create a marketing post, or you do create some content, but it's from a place and from an assumption of, you know what, barely anyone is going to see this anyway. And when you make content from that place, it's going to be of a lower quality. When your marketing content is of lower quality, it's less likely to be shown to people by the algorithm. And the people who do see it, it's probably not going to resonate as deeply with them or move them to want to work with you. And when your content doesn't resonate deeply with your audience, they don't become clients. When they don't become clients, you don't make money. And so can you see how choosing to focus on something completely outside of your control, the Instagram algorithm, it actually leads you to either not take the action showing up in your marketing that will create the result that you want, which is bringing in a client, Or it will lead you to take that action still, but at a much lower quality. So that's what happens when you focus on what you can't control. But what can you control? You can control how you show up for the people who will see your content, no matter what the algorithm does. You can control what you believe about the people in your audience and what their capabilities are. You can control what you believe about your services and how impactful they are on your clients, you can control how helpful your content is. And then what happens when you show up fully to serve the people who do see your content? What happens when you believe strongly in the transformation that you help them create? And you believe that they have a ton of untapped potential. You end up showing up in your marketing in a way that resonates and in a way that's far more likely to help you achieve that goal to create that outcome of bringing in a client. And then seemingly the paradoxical thing about this principle is that when you focus on all of those things that you can control, funny enough, that's probably when the Instagram algorithm is working most in your favor. 
So that's one example of an outcome. When you set a goal, that's an outcome. You can't control the actual end result, but you can control the things that you do along the way pursuing that end result. And then there's an example of something, again, completely outside of your control, the Instagram algorithm, and how focusing your energy on that is going to just be wasted effort. And where you want to focus is on the things that you can actually control. And that's way more likely to lead, again, to that end result that you want. Let's just do one last example, and then we'll close out with, what do you do when you catch yourself worrying about the things that you can't control instead of focusing on the things that you can. So this last example, let's say you have a client who hasn't been following through on their expectations or the agreements that were set at the beginning of your contracted relationship. Maybe they're not doing the work that they committed to doing or they're not doing it in a timely manner. Maybe they're showing up late repeatedly to meetings and you're feeling really frustrated. And so your goal is to not feel frustrated Anymore, when you think about or meet with this client, the outcomes that you want, the things that you want to control that you can't control are them doing the work they committed to and them showing up on time to meetings. When you focus on the fact that you wish that they would just show up and do the work and you're complaining to your spouse about how frustrating it is that this keeps happening, whenever you show up to a meeting with this client, you're already annoyed ahead of time. You assume they're going to be late and then when they show up late again, and the meeting runs long, you get even more annoyed. And when this happens, it ruins the rest of your day. It just puts you in a bad mood. And now, with all of that said, you can't control the past. You can't control what this client has done or not done in the past. You can't control their future behavior. But what you can control is what you choose to say to this client in your next meeting. You can control whether or not You remind them of the agreement that they made at the beginning of your work. You can control how you are reacting to the actions that they're taking. You can control whether or not the meetings end on time, even if they show up late. You can control your emotional disposition and your heart posture towards this client. You could choose to move from a place of frustration to a place of curiosity and try to objectively identify what's the root issue. Here, why are they showing up late? Why aren't they following through? And what can be done to support them in actually doing that? Right? There are so many things that are in your control other than complaining that could actually lead to the outcomes that you want, them showing up on time, them doing the work. We could go on and on for days with different examples, but we'll stop there. There will always be tons of things outside of your control accept it. But also know that there are always tons of things that are inside of your control that can influence the results that you're after. That's where you're called to focus your time on. Let God be God. Let God take care of the end results. Let him take care of the harvest. You focus on planting the seeds. If you run into me in the street and you say, hey, look, I'm running a business. Um, But there are all of these things that are outside of my control. And these are the reasons why I'm not seeing the outcomes that I want in my business. What I would do is ask you if you are showing up at your absolute best. AKA, are you doing all of the things that are inside of your control 
that can influence the results that you're trying to create? And if the answer to that question is no, which 100% of the time that I've asked that question, the answer is no, that means that there's still work to be done. There is still room for you to take responsibility for, to take ownership over the things that God has put in your domain and asked you to steward. And so until you're consistently doing the things that are in your control, I'm generally not super interested in hearing and talking about all of the things that are outside of your control that might be affecting your business. You always want to direct your focus and your attention to what is in your control first. Then we can worry about that other stuff later. Often what happens is we don't need to worry about that other stuff. So lastly, before we wrap up the episode, what do you do when you catch yourself worrying and trying to control something that you can't control? Cultivating the ability to do this well will save you time and stress and money. So let's talk about how do you actually do it? The first thing is that you want to learn how to recognize that you are doing it. You need to be aware that this is happening. For me, I've learned uh, that physically worry and trying to control other things shows up physically in my body as a clenched jaw and raised shoulders and kind of tightness in my throat and chest. Like those are my dashboard indicators in terms of how I feel. Um, I also tend to get kind of whiny and I start complaining a lot. And so maybe that's a sign for you. Maybe you get irritable with the people around you. You just, you want to learn what are the signs that you are wanting to control things that are actually outside of your control. And if you have young kids or you remember what it's like to raise toddlers, it's kind of like, maybe it's when you start acting like a toddler, you're trying to control things that aren't yours to be controlled in the first place. So once you realize that it's happening, really important step, recognize that it's happening. You then just want to ask yourself three questions. The first to identify what's happening. What is it that I'm trying to control that isn't actually mine to control? The second question, what are all of the things that I can actually control in this situation? Write those down. That question, as you answer that question, your mind will automatically start to focus on, okay, and get into productive mode of, all right, well, here are the things that I can actually do and control. Then the last question, at the end of the day, can I trust God with the outcome? Can I trust him with the end result? And don't just check the box with this question and just answer, well, of course, the answer is obviously yes. You want to just meditate on why. Why can you actually truly trust God with the outcome? You want to relocate your trust. So recognize that it's happening. Identify what exactly it is that you're trying to control that actually isn't yours to control. Shift your focus to what you can control. And then you want to relocate your trust. You want to place it in the only place that is truly trustworthy. So with that, let's just wrap up the episode. You can't control outcomes, but you do have control over things that influence outcomes. When you surrender to the things that you can't control, it actually frees you up to focus on the things that you can control. God gave us free will, but he also didn't make us God, which means that we're called to plant seeds and to water them. 
not to make the crops grow. We're called to abide in the vine, not to make ourselves more loving and joyful and patient. That's the responsibility of the Spirit working in us. So identify the outcomes that you do want, more clients, more revenue, more time with your family, a healthier emotional experience of running your business. And then ask yourself, what are the things that you can control that lead to, that will influence whether or not those outcomes happen? And focus there. And then when you inevitably catch yourself trying to control the end results themselves, redirect your attention to what you can control and place your trust in the only one qualified to control the results. That's all for today. I hope you have a great rest of your week. And I will talk to you next time on the Renew Your Mind podcast. Mm -hmm.